Hi, this is Coach Sherry, and I am the host of the Teen Wise Podcast. I'm having conversations with teens fueled by curiosity and compassion. As a teen life coach, parent educator, and mom to three, I've learned that hearing straight from teens is the best way to truly understand the world they live in and the struggles they face. Listen in to find out more. Although we're making progress, there is still a lot of stigma around mental health, and I don't know why. We're going to talk to a high schooler today, Anya, about what she's seeing in the high school environment as far as academic stress and mental health and, and parents' impact on that. And we're going to talk a little bit about what can we do to really make a difference. Anya, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. We are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. We're talking about mental health today. So welcome. Thank you very much. So let's just start out and kind of introduce yourself. Let us know um, like what grade you're in and what interests you have. Let's just start there. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'm Anya. I'm a sophomore in high school. Um, some interests that I have is like dancing. I'm on dance team. I really like photography and I have two dogs who like mean the whole world to me. So I love my dogs so much, like so much. Um, and yeah, I like dance a lot. As I just said, um, I like spending time with my friends and like something I'm actually really interested in is like I want to be a doctor, so I'm doing a lot of stuff and like research, especially on mental health impacts that COVID has given us, like the pandemic. Right. And that's like some stuff I'm so interested in. So, so there's a lot there. So you have a creative side, a scientific side, yeah. and um, you know, you talked about your dogs. I have two dogs too, and they are the best for mental health, aren't they? They just love you and calm you down. They're wonderful. Yes, I love my dog so much. I have two small dogs. I have a Yorkie and a Shih Tzu. Mm-hmm. Um, I just took them to their doctor's appointment, actually. <laughs> um, I hope everything the- was good. Their checkup was everything, good. Everything was great. They're like the cutest things ever. And they're like the sweetest creatures in the planet. I just, just can't. Yeah, I love them. I love them. I've actually gotten to, on a daily basis, I basically tell my dogs, thank you for all that you bring to our family. That's a little dorky, but they're awesome. They're awesome. No, that's so cute. Yeah. So you mentioned um, before we started recording that you are going to a choice school. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Like, what is the school focus on and what does that mean for you personally, as far as the load of work that you get? Okay, so I go to a choice school, and that's like the school where you get into the lottery, and choice schools are typically harder than regular public schools, and I go to a school that is technically an art-based school, but it's difficult in like pretty much all the subjects. Um, Like, they focus on something called the block, which is art, humanities, and international studies, and sophomore year is the last year they really focus on the block, and then junior, senior year, you like choose what APs you want to take and that stuff. Um, so I feel like that just makes my school a lot harder because 
I, since it's supposed to be a hard school, um, you kind of have to study a lot more extra. Like you learn the stuff in class, but I'm somebody that's also needs to study a lot more just to pick up the knowledge, no matter how easy it is. So um, it just adds a lot of workload, but it like also motivates you to be like a harder worker in some ways, because as I'll mention later, it's like something that you want to do, like get that good like grades for college and everything. Yeah, do you see that? this whole thing of college looming over you, you know, that is this application process you're thinking about, does that add a lot of stress to your life? Yeah. So I want to go to UCLA, which is a top college. Right. It's really yeah. difficult to get into. So I feel like just like knowing that there are top colleges, like the Ivies, like UCs, like that stuff, like very hard colleges, like UW. Um, I feel like just knowing that there's a little amount of acceptance rate and there's some like factors that you don't control like I know UCs have like this factor where they admit like a bunch of people that live in California and then like not that many out of state kind of thing and it's just knowing that so many different factors come into consideration when you apply to college and I'm a sophomore right now I'm not doing college apps or anything but um it's just stressful to know that you have to do a lot more to achieve your dream in such a way like I know like applying to college any college is so hard to get into it's just very difficult to know that there's standards that colleges look at because there's some that you just can't control like facial and like that, that stuff Right. Yeah. There's so much you can't control. And in the end, you can do everything to make your resume look right and your grades just right. But in the end, you are in this pool of applicants, like thousands and thousands of people. So I hope that you don't let that deter you from your dream, even if you don't get in there, you know, that there's other ways to get there. But um, it's always great to have a dream and a goal and to do what you can to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you first kind of think that UCLA was the place you wanted to strive for? Um, UCLA, I was so interested in psychology since like seventh grade, like psychology and behavior health, especially with like the whole aspect of mental health. That was very, very interesting to me. So like I was like, oh, what colleges are good for psychology? And then UCLA was like a top school. And I know that like UCLA is good in so many fields because it's such a great school. So I was like, oh, they're good at business. They're good at marketing. They're good at like pre-med and like that stuff. So I was just like, well, if I ever want to change my mind in the future, I can like that school is great for everything. Mm -hmm. And UCLA is like dream, dream, but also NYU because like I know NYU has a great medical program. My pediatrician actually she went to NYU for med school and then also NYU Stern is an amazing school so like it's just like a lot of great colleges around the world and like those kind of colleges that are good at every aspect not just a certain field those are colleges that I really like because I'm also super indecisive so (laughs) you want to have your options open yeah exactly I like that yeah Yeah. And it's such a great point that you're going to go to college with one idea in mind, but you're going to explore and who knows what you're going to end up in. You know, you've got kind of the areas you want to focus on, but there's so many ways to help in those areas. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm really interested in like, I'm interested in a lot of things right now. (laughs) I mean, it's sophomore year. I don't have anything set on what I exactly want to do, but like, I think it's like good that I can explore more, especially in college. 
So, yeah, that's wonderful. That's what you should be doing right now. You don't have to have it all set. You know, mm-hmm. even when you hit the the halls of college, you don't have to have it all planned out yet. You'll figure it out and yeah, be open to like, that. It's very stressful, like having like if I'm 15. So like, especially knowing what you want to do with like your whole future when you're 15, that's like insane. Right. Yeah. And some people have that, right? But not everybody. And we should not expect kids your age at 15 to have their whole life figured out. Yeah. A lot of pressure. I mean, like, kudos to them. Kudos to the people that can't figure it out. But, like, I'm not one of them. Right, right. But that's great. I mean, everybody has their own path. And and one thing I found with people who are older, like, if you talk to 50, 60-year-olds, it wasn't necessarily a, a single file path to them. Yeah, their career went all over the place. So it's great to be open to to new things. So with your kind of your thoughts of wanting to apply to UCLA, and you've got a a list of great colleges that you want to consider, you know, part of that is the academic process right here and right now. So tell me a little bit about how that for you and for your peers, the people around you, how that affects your mental health. Okay, well, something I'm just going to make clear. I don't have that 4.0 GPA. Mm -mm, Just (laughs) not going to like, honestly, I hate the standard of valedictorian, like that whole concept. I honestly don't like it because I think grades are like a horrible way to determine how well someone knows something like Mm -hmm. because a lot of grades and a lot of my classes tests are like 75% of the grade or higher and that really contributes to how like well our grade is going to be so I feel like I'm someone that's not the best at taking tests I don't like tests I have like this whole thing on how I hate SATs because I hate standardized testing right yeah I, I don't like testing in general just because it's not a good way of accurate like it's not an accurate representation of someone's knowledge on something as I mentioned before so I feel like oh and I'm just not a test taking person like I'll get the test I can study for like 15 hours take the test forget everything like right. in like, that moment yeah it's like ah. I'm like I don't know what to do so obviously that can make major impacts to my grade so I don't know how much I really like the grading system but I know colleges really do like 4.0s, very high GPAs, which, you know, makes sense. I mean, it's a good way to like, if you don't really, you can't interview every student that applies because that's like tens of thousands of students. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, okay, sure. That's a good way to like section out the students you want in your college. But I think just like this pressure, as I mentioned before, that there's so many like different concepts that go into like applying to getting into college. Um, I think like grades are just so stressful because especially since I'm Indian, like in the immigrant community, like they really want high GPAs. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that, like a lot of people, they just want like, oh, get the 4.0. Like, girl, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Do you I see think- that? So you see that in the parents, like that expectation from them? Yeah, I think my parents are a lot more understanding now because they can see how, like, I'm not trying to like cut my own back, but like, I do work very hard in school and like, it kind of, it does bum me out when I don't get an A on a math test or something like it does bum me out, but it's also like, I did try my best and you know, worst case scenario, I can write that in my personal essay for college. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the whole process of learning is soaking things in and learning and exploring. And Mm -hmm. you're saying you're good at that. 
it takes you longer to memorize, you know, the rote stuff and all of that, but that's not what real life is about. So um, the fact you're having to work harder than some of your peers means that you are going to be more successful. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's That's something true. that you're learning and, and it's a great skill to have. Some kids who things come to them super easily, it's hard for them because they, um, when they begin to get challenged in college for the first time, they don't know what to do about it. It doesn't mean they're not going to persevere, but it's, you know, you're building that skill earlier on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think like, it's obviously kind of bummed out because like, I have to spend my time rather than like hanging out with my friends, just like doing homework. Literally, I'm spending my Friday night after this studying for apes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it's okay. I'm going to see my friends tomorrow. But it's just like, I don't know, I think it's like good to give more time management as well because obviously we're in high school right now I know life is just going to be harder like sure there's like other aspects that are really hard about high school like getting those grades and everything but like same with college it's going to be just as hard or maybe even harder but um it gives me good like experience for time management which is like important but like I know I am a procrastinator so yeah yeah and you're learning that about yourself and you'll, you'll figure out how to deal with that as you get older, yeah. right? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So you mentioned this whole idea of maintaining a 4.0 and there's the pressure of if you don't, then somehow you're not going to be successful in the long run. And, you know, you said that it comes from parents. Do you see that though, peer to peer, that pressure to, to have those high grades? Yeah. So like a lot of kids in my school, like especially since going to such like a prestigious school it's very like academic focused and like one thing we don't have bullies like mm -mm, no bullies but academic bullying oh yeah that's the thing like mm -hmm. that's the thing because like a lot of my school is filled with students that have the parents that give them the pressure that 4.0 equals a successful successful future mm -hmm. and I don't think that's true because like I know people that can probably oh uh oh did something happen? You're still connected. Oh, oh, sorry. My like okay. switch. Um, where was I? Um, yeah, 4.0 does not equal like accurate future. Like I know there's some people that literally just got their high school diploma or GED and they're like millionaires now or something. Yes. Like I don't think it's like that important getting a 4.0, but obviously some parents, they just don't understand that, which I like respect because like everybody has their own opinion. It just doesn't mean I agree, mm. but I can see a lot of kids in my school. They like take on so much pressure. Like, yeah, sure. They get things super easily, but it doesn't mean they get like those straight A's, you know, I can see like how so many kids in my school have so much pressure. Like my friends, like some of my close friends, they're like risk their mental health for getting 4.0s. And it kind of makes me like sad for them because like, obviously there's days where I'm just like, yeah, I need to like do better in school. Like I get stressed out for college a lot. Like I know there's some days that are just like that but I just I feel horrible when like people have to like deal with something that's not gonna determine their future like this is not the hunger games like calm down right I like that this is not the hunger games that's so so true so for you like what are you seeing in your peer group as far as mental health especially when you're thinking of it in terms of 
um, how it's affecting um, or how the academics are affecting mental health. Well, are you seeing depression, anxiety, um, other things manifesting? Yeah, so I see a lot of anxiety. Anxiety is probably like the main thing I see because so many people are anxious all the time. Like in a school setting, you can be anxious because you're literally getting graded on everything. Like one thing that I actually learned from like the college counselor, cause she came to our class one day, she was like, the moment you go into school, like that's how the teachers are gonna view you. That's how your letter of recommendations are gonna look. Like you get so anxious because you have to be a certain way and you have to make your grades depict the way you are in mm -hmm. some way because college recommendations, like teacher recommendations, so important. And just like the stress of getting that 4.0, it's so hard. Like 4.0s are literally, nearly impossible to get like if you get it great job but like it's it's so stressful and like I think depression comes along with that if you like work so hard and you don't achieve that 4.0 like it took me a while because like to realize that I'm not gonna get that 4.0 like obviously I was bummed out because I dance so some days I come home at 9 30 like so I come home and then I stay up to like one doing homework. Like some days it just gets so hard. And like, that's like the amount of effort you put into school and stuff. And it's just like kind of disappointing. And like with that disappointment, I think people can get very sad and that can trigger like a depression kind of situation. And not just me, but like so many other people, like not even just at my school, like everywhere, like all grades, to be honest, like, it's just like you held yourself to such a high expectation. And when you don't be able to achieve that, it's like similar, like not getting into a college you like, like you had these expectations, these hopes and not being able to achieve that is very like hard to deal with. So it sounds like a lot of people's identity is tied up with this 4.0, that whole idea. Yeah. Because yeah. Like a lot of people that I know, they like have that some people do have the 4.0 but they don't do that much outside of like school besides like play video games or something there's not that much like character personality I guess mm -hmm. so I feel like they kind of need that 4.0 to like just give them that confidence because you you're smart 4.0 I feel like you're automatically book smart I'm not going to say book smart and street smart are the same just yeah that out there I don't think that there's the same someone can have a 2.5 GPA but their social skills can be like out of this world like that's literally so cool to be honest like it's yeah it all matters right not just the 4.0 so the people are sacrificing the social side as a connection piece in order to maintain that 4.0 mm -hmm. yeah honestly like just do the best you can at school I don't think school like, I know because I was talking to my dad literally, like, right before this when we were, like, dropping my dogs off. I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking. I can't. Uh-uh. No, they're, like, downstairs. <laughs> but, like, I was talking to my dad. There's some people that are so smart, 4.0 GPA. They got their extracurriculars in their bag, like, so intelligent. But then they're risking their social skills. And, sure, that can get you through, like, college and, like, high school. But when you're, like, going into business in the future, I know there's, like, business mixtures and, like, mixers and stuff. Your social skills are not going to be there. Like, mm -hmm let me let me tell you like I don't think people's social skills are gonna like come through because when you're in high school you like apply through like essays or like you apply to places and everything but when you're like 
in your mid-30s. You're not going to apply anywhere. You have to like socialize. I don't think that's how it's going to go. Yeah, it's about connecting with everybody. It's not, you don't pull out your resume or your GPA and be like, look at me, I'm good. You have to connect with people. Yeah, it's like, look at my high school GPA when you're like 40 years old. Like nobody's going (laughs) to, nobody's going to care. Yes, nobody asks. And even once you get your first job, nobody asks about your GPA anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's all about how you're connecting with people, networking, what you're doing with your life, not just this GPA. There's so much more to it. So, um, so with the mental health aspect of this, you know, obviously if you don't have a school life balance that does affect your mental health. So we talk a lot now as a society about mental health and we're trying to reduce the stigma around it. But has it truly been reduced in the teen population? Like we like to think it has. I don't, honestly, I'm, I'm very happy that people are like speaking out on like the importance of mental health. Like I like to do that too. I always like tell my friends or like anybody, like if they need someone to talk to, they can talk to me, but I don't think it's reduced. And there's like one thing that's like, you know how like there's always that concept of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of boys and like men go through mental health issues but with the social standards and like the standards that are so stupid in my opinion and I think everyone should think that they're stupid like that guys can't feel emotion or anything like I think that's something that's like a bigger issue than talking about your mental health because if only girls are allowed to be depicted as soft and like emotional and like guys can't be depicted like that I think that's such a big issue like a big negative stigma on how mental health is pick and choose. And they only think that only some people can go through mental health issues, not everyone else. Like if people think you have the perfect life outside of school, like they don't know what you actually are going through inside and everything. So it's always like a pick and choose thing. Like everybody has their own like depiction of you. There's no like, that's like the one thing that's like really bad about like advocating for mental health is because people only think some people have it it's like mental health issues like that's Mm -hmm. like one thing that's like very annoying to me and I feel like it should annoy everybody (laughs) right well yeah everybody just like physical health everybody has mental health so it just Mm -hmm. it's about how how good is your mental health at this moment can it be better does it need you know do you need support around that just like physical health you might go see a trainer you might decide I need to work out a little bit more or I need to, you know, get moving more. Um, Same thing with mental health. But yet, as you're saying, it sounds like it's okay for some people, but not everybody. Like if you fall into this category, okay, that's okay if you're struggling. But if you're in this category, forget it. You need to have it all together or just keep it to yourself. Yeah, it's a very pick and choose thing. And like, that sucks about this whole thing that it's so pick and choose because like you said, everybody goes through it. It's just as important as physical health because like mental health, there's so many different things. Like it can vary from like eating disorders to like ADHD, like so many different things that people go through. And it's just like, it's annoying how people think, oh, one person's this way. So they can't have like this thing, you know, like there can be someone that's like, not like paper thin and they can have like very bad eating disorders. Like it's like, 
very annoying and very selfish how people can depict something a certain way. And it's also Eating Disorder National Awareness Month, so. Yeah. So do you find in your, like your peers, who do they reach out to if they're struggling? I don't really think they do. Because at my school, I hope nobody from my school is listening to this. Um, but um, I don't think a lot of people really go through like the school counselors mm-hmm. about what they're going through. I don't think that's a big thing. So they don't really go to them. I think they might go to their friends. I know a lot of the guys, they don't. They don't. I think they feel like, because like, you know, as I talked about like that standard of like toxic masculinity, how like, none of that stuff can happen like they can't feel emotions in that kind of way I feel like a lot of the guys in my grade probably think of like that and for girls I know girls go to their friends or like I think a lot of people do have some therapists because a lot of people at my school since it is super hard um they do like actually go talk to people for help and stuff because like they're struggling and I don't think they want to struggle forever Mm -hmm. you know like like, even though we're in high school, these, like, these years, these four years of high school, it can make a big impact on your life. Definitely. Well, there's patterns that are being set up for life. And mm-hmm. one pattern is if you're struggling to reach out for help, um, I've heard not just from you, but from a lot of people that they don't reach out to their school counselor. Um, some people do, but not everyone. Why do you think that is? What keeps kids from reaching out to that specific counselor? Um, well, I think a big thing is that even if there's school counselor, there's confidentiality. I think the school counselor, they go to your school. You don't want someone who you would like spill your guts out to to see you like almost every day. I don't think that's something I would personally want to see like, oh, seeing someone who I like talk to about. Like, I think a friend is different because a friend is like someone you see all the time. Like they're like someone you trust, but like a school counselor is someone that's just there for you. But like, you don't have like that emotional connection with them the way you do with a friend. So I think that's like the big difference between a friend and a school counselor and seeing a school counselor is a lot different than seeing your friend every day. So. so what, like, I hear this a lot that teens do, especially girls will talk to each other about stuff and lean on each other when it's coming to like self-harm, eating disorders, things of that sort. So do you ever see where they are trying to help each other, but they never reach out to a professional. So there's this pressure among, you know, the friends to try to, to help each other out in these super difficult situations. Yeah. Um, I feel like they, the, they don't want to reach out to the professional because a lot of kids that go through it, their parents don't know. Like, I feel like if their parents knew their parents would react into like a complete extreme and bizarre way like not the way some parents should react at all to these situations and I feel like if they talk to a professional about it the professional will have to talk to the parents Mm -hmm. or something and I feel like oh their friends can't tell their parents like that's like breaking like the girl code or something right but I feel like that's just something that a lot of people deal with because like they don't want their parents to know they want they want to talk to someone I think bottling in their emotions can make it a lot worse as well but it is very stressful for the friend on the other hand as well which is 100% reasonable and like if they really if there is like a friend that's super concerned I feel like the person the friend they're telling it to their friend can talk something 
maybe in an anonymous way, but the friend could also get advice on how to help their friend. Not that it's their responsibility to take care of their friend, don't get me wrong, but if like if I had a friend that was going through that, I wouldn't snitch on them, but I would want to help them as much as I could. Right. And I do see that. I hear that a lot on you that um, friends want to help each other. And then it becomes this, not, I don't want to say burden because they want to help their friends, but it's a big emotional weight to know a friend is struggling and that you can't, like you don't have the professional background to help with that particular issue. Um, so going to a therapist or getting professional help, you said that one of the barriers is some kids are afraid for their parents to find out. And I think the, the words you used were that, um, they might act in a bizarre way or an extreme way. Um, what, tell me a little bit about that fear that some kids feel of their parents' reactions. Well, my school is filled with people that have immigrant parents and especially in like other countries outside of America or Canada I mean like those two countries are like very talked about on how like mental health is so important and the importance around it but in like India or like Asia it's not talked about whatsoever they think like especially in those countries like grades are like what leads to success in a way because like they didn't have all those other things of extracurriculars blah 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 like they think like grades were like the only important thing so I feel like that is reasonable for the parents to feel that way because they were never exposed to like mental health like they have probably gone through stuff but they probably have ignored it to be honest Mm -hmm. and once they feel like their kid is doing these things I know a lot of parents have like this excuse, like they came all the way from like another country to come to America to have like a better opportunity, which is completely reasonable. Like, okay, I understand. Well, obviously I've never immigrated to another country, but it is a very difficult experience. And like, they had to learn a new language and new lifestyles and everything, which is very respectable. But they don't understand if someone, if their child is struggling through one of these things, especially like self-harm, in Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff if they find that out I know some parents will like react in like a way that they think they failed as a parent which is not the case whatsoever but these they can react in different ways like some parents can be super supportive which is amazing but other parents it's not like they're trying to not be supportive they just don't know what to do and I feel like that's why there should be more resources available for these parents that don't know, like all parents. Like I bet there's some parents in America that lived in like super conservative households, you know, like they've just never experienced having someone near them, especially like their children dealing with these kind of mental health issues, which can just make a major impact on your life. Like if you have like depression, anxiety, that can literally reflect on your grades. Like you're so paranoid dealing with something else. You can't do your math homework that day or something. Right. Yeah. If your your brain is in a state of super anxiety or depression, it's hard to soak in information and learn it. So you need to get support, um, not just for yourself. Like, obviously, I'm all for people getting support with their mental health, yeah. but also they need to um, understand it will impact their grades. So if there's parents who are like all about the grades, you got to focus on the mental health as well, because it's it's a big part of it. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Like you also health, said, go ahead. I mean, like, just like in general, not just grades, mental health can be just like a reflection on everything. Like it's like, it's your mind, your mind literally controls like everything about you. So, 
I feel like everything that goes through your mind, that's going to be a reflection. Like everyone's personality is a certain way because that's what they feel. Like everybody is like cooperative. Ah, I cannot speak. Their mind controls, like it cooperates with like the way that they work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you also mentioned that some parents might react in a way that is like, oh my gosh, I'm failing as a parent. Um, why do you think parents shouldn't feel like that? Because like, honestly, I don't think kids, like when they're in the moment of self-harming, I don't think they're talking about, I'm doing this because my parents suck. Like mm-hmm. genuinely, I don't think that's going. I think it's like a built up emotion. Maybe they have parent issues at home which can be a factor but I don't think that's the main factor of the parent it's not the parent's responsibility the parent is not going to control their kid all the time when the kid is in the act of doing something very dangerous like self-harm I don't think like the parent can control them they can't stop them like it's not their fault they can't do anything about it like if it's like the same thing like comparing mental health to physical health if your kid gets like a disease like COVID or something you can't control that like it's something that just happens and it's not controllable and mental health is something that is not controllable all you can do is just help them and support them but you can't just like take it away it's not like you can give them medicine to like oh yeah this will make you not want to self-harm like that's not a thing I wish it was that could help a lot of people but mental health is a very tricky and like delicate sensitive subject that like just Yeah. And really what you have to do from what you're saying, you know, is start where you are right now. So with the self-harm as an example, I mean, you can do a little exploration of how you got to that space, but you don't need to beat yourself up as a parent because that's not going to help your child. You have to Mm -hmm. see, okay, how can I support them right here and now to move forward, not doing this? Just like if they got COVID, you're not going to say, oh my gosh, I'm a bad parent. You're going to say, what can I do to help them to get better? And that's what parents, if you find out that your kid is struggling, their mental health is is not in a good place, you be there as their supportive person. Exactly. You said it better than I could. (laughs) So Anya, what do you think we can change? Because you're obviously this is near and dear to your heart that that the stigma of mental health is not there anymore. Like you're in your mind, you're like, let's just be done with the stigma let's get it out and open. Let's talk about it. Let's get people the support they need. What do you think in either the schools or just in the teen population, what needs to change to really release the stigma? Because we've been talking about it for a while. We're trying to bring in mental health resources, but it still feels like there is this big stigma around it. Yeah, I do agree. Like there is a lot of resources that are provided. Like a lot of school counselors, I know my school does provide a lot of resources on people going through these things, um, which is very like respectable. Like that's very like considerate of them, especially since like school is like a very stressful position for every student and teacher because, you know, teachers are teaching you like they're teaching you how to prepare for the future. So I love my teachers so much. They're great. They're amazing, actually. So that's like something that's like very admirable that I like, like that schools are doing that. But another thing that's like every single person judges someone like they all have every even if it's in a positive or negative way, you're judging them. You have your own perception of them. And I think like, obviously you can't get rid of these perceptions, but I feel like, you know how like there's like fundamentals of like math, you learn two plus two is four. Right. 
that kind of stuff. I think something that people should learn from the start is like how like mental health is like not bad because you learn like in like kindergarten science class or something you learn about your like physical health you learn about everything you don't learn that much about your emotions you don't learn that much about it and I feel like when when someone's injured you're going to be like oh my knee hurts when people are going through stuff you can't be like a lot of people aren't like oh I'm sad like nobody's like that you know what I mean I think that's something that they should have like enforced since like the fundamentals of learning all these things like you learn like head shoulder knees and toes you should learn about like the different emotions someone can go through like obviously emotions are a personal thing and I'm not telling people oh yeah blurt out your emotions out loud like no not at all like all right (laughs) go ahead but like I'm not telling you to do that but I think it's just something that people should be more open about and not like so private I'm not saying you have to tell some like if someone has like a foot injury they don't have to tell everyone oh I'm injured on my foot like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but they should like know that it's okay to get a foot injury like it's okay to be sad like you don't have to tell people you are but it's just okay that these things exist and you can get help like people go to physical therapy you can go to therapy like it's a normal thing and I feel like since it's going to be enforced in like the child's life so much when they're younger it can be enforced in like the parents like when they're raising the child kind of thing as well yeah that that's all really good advice that we need to just start singing about it talking about it learning about it from a young age that it's not this um one thing like okay we're gonna have mental health week and now let's talk about this stuff it needs to be something that's all the time not just a a one-off thing yeah yeah I think that's, that's so true. And that is something that would be easy enough, right? To have songs and stuff that the kids from a young age sing, like you're saying, um, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Like maybe we're talking about, you know, sad, happy, angry, you know, joyful, whatever, um, that we just bring that into the conversation. You know, when you're talking there, it reminded me of um, this one time I, I had a um, friendship a seminar that I was doing with young girls who were in middle school and we were talking about friends and interactions. And at one point, this one girl started crying and I said, you know, what, what are these tears about? And she said it was because she felt like she had to stay emotionless all the time. Like that in school, you had to keep it all buttoned up that with friendships, especially new ones where you're not sure about each other, you had to act like everything was happy and fine. And it was just finally a space where she felt like she was safe to express an emotion. And that was a very powerful message that this is kind of what we're creating and and not just in schools, but sometimes in our homes or in extracurriculars and sports, wherever the message comes from to, um, you know, you need to keep it all together. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a lot of things by keeping it together. You don't want to show a lot of things like you don't want to show people like, when you're upset or anything, which is reasonable. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to show people when I cry. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But um, it's like reasonable. And like, once you like just get used to bottling it up because you're at school for like eight hours a day, that's like a lot of the day. Cause otherwise you're like sleeping or like outside of your house or like in a personal environment. I feel like 
just keeping being used to like bottling this all up is like kind of like it just adds another like layer of stress and like pressure and once you find someone or like when you're in a space where you want to let go that can lead to like a bottle hole of like sadness and like can lead to like depression and everything yeah bottling it up it it's that's really a key point because you are at school for so many hours of the day so not only are you keeping those emotions kind of tucked away but you're also dealing with academic stress and those pressures, you know, having the right answer, taking your test, all of those things. Um, one thing I know I hear a lot of is that kids will go to the bathroom to kind of have a moment to cry or let it out or get themselves together. Do you see that at your school as well? Um, well, I don't really see that many people go do that, but I know I've done that when I was younger and like middle mm-hmm. school. Um, my school is like from six to 12, by the way. Okay. Yeah, just, um, but I did that when I was younger. Like sometimes when I'm just like really anxious, I'll go to the bathroom. Like that's something I do. I just go to like the bathroom and like calm down there and everything just cause like it's private. And I don't think that many people, since my school is so small, there's not that many people in the bathroom anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I've always thought that as far as mental health, we need to have stuff in the bathroom, like positive posters or you know Mm -hmm. here's the crisis line things like that because that is a place as you point out is private so that you can go and kind of be like all right I gotta get myself together let out some of these emotions before I can go back into the classroom Mm -hmm. also like another thing is like at my school there's like the nurse's office where you can go to and they have like bubble wrap like little cutouts and like you can like pop it when you're stressed there which is like really like sweet. I love my school, like that area. <laughs> what is it about bubble wrap? I can remember that from when I was really young. There's something just satisfying about popping yeah, like, those little bubbles. <laughs> so fun. Like I could literally like pop bubble wrap for hours. I will never get bored of it. Right. Which is it's where like- those new, like um, those fidget gadgets have come up. You know, you've seen mm-hmm. where you pop the plastic, but it doesn't have the same feel as bubble wrap. Like bubble wrap is like a snowflake. Every pop is just different. <laughs> I love that. That's so true, Anya. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Like very enlightening. And it's great to know that that teens are aware of mental health. I think we're making some strides in the right direction to decrease the stigma of mental health. But it sounds like we still have a long way to go. We do. Yeah. And it's not going to happen overnight. But it's like, there's progress happening little by little. We're so glad you joined us for this episode. Whether you are an adult or a teen, it's always amazing what we can learn just by listening. If you would like more information on TeenWise and the resources and programs available, we invite you to visit us at teenwiseseattle.com. 